One of the things that is a butt rock thing that I think we're going to talk a lot about and uh, something that I can almost guarantee I will do throughout this show is like one of the main signifiers I think of butt rock is the voice, right? Like, yeah, yeah. like I, there might be a different version in the eighties, but once the nineties hits, like they found it, you know, they found the voice that, that is butt rock in the nineties when Eddie Vedder and STP mm-hmm. Scott Weiland, uh, Kurt Cobain didn't really do it, but you he know. had, but there, there are butt rock bands who try to emulate Kurt Cobain. I, I feel like he, he has a distinct voice among like the grunge era, but there are bands who, when they think, cause I, cause you know, my main impression of butt rock is, is it's mostly post grunge. It's mostly the stuff that was influenced by the grunge era. Um, and some people take that to mean, you know, Pearl Jam and some people take that to mean Nirvana. And I think we'll get into like specific examples of, of both, but, um, there's definitely a a strain of butt rock who like, they're trying to be Nirvana. I mean, Nirvana, you know, that's a weird thing is that like Nirvana, it doesn't feel like grunge to me. But Pearl Jam does, you know, like the way you just said that, like, I think Nirvana is something different. I know that there's like puddle of mud sounds a lot like Kurt Cobain. And there are Mm -hmm. other guys that have decided to make it their thing to, to sound like Kurt Cobain that are totally escaping me right now. But, uh, uh, I find Nirvana to be. Like, I'm not the world's hugest Nirvana fan. I think Unplugged is really good to play. Like, on it a, is really good. Yeah. It's one of those things that you can play and hang out with. I, you know, I'll, I'll play games with my wife. It's like kind of like right now, Christmas music. People would just play Christmas music to have in the background. Unplugged is good, like having the background music. And, uh, 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 but like, I I think their music takes a lot of risks that like Pearl Jam and some of those other people didn't. Therefore, is not as enjoyable to me. <laughs> okay, interesting. <laughs> I would call maybe Nirvana the the corn of grunge. Really, I see. Yeah, yeah. I I feel I, like there's like Jonathan Dave. There's a there's a kindred. There's there's a kinship between Kurt Cobain and Jonathan Davis. I feel like both of them ended up being cool, but were not trying to be cool, and they didn't think that they themselves were cool. Like you were talking about how you looked at Corn and said these dudes are cool, or you listened to their music and thought like I like this shit. You know, strikes a chord with me. Uh, I would put that in op- in juxtaposition with a band like Lit who are obviously trying to chase a scene. They're trying to chase a a cool thing, right? And that's what I was getting at with like they're trying to be hair metal too late. They're trying to be grunge too late. And then they struck a chord with pop rock because that's like, you know, kind of timeless. If you can write a good pop song and you know enough people or whatever, you, you know, you can break. But I don't think that like 
Jonathan Davis ever thought he was cool until maybe until maybe like you know 2001 or or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I I think you might be right. I I I do feel like they dressed in such a way that it, it was a risk, right? The Jonathan Davis the track suits at the time was a real risk because people didn't wear those. At, at, but his head had like metal studs on them, though. Oh, not until they, not until they were like f- way, like follow the leader or uh, um, mm-hmm. what's the word? Uh, he just wore regular thrift yeah. store ones at first, like because I remember going looking for them and not being able to find them after they came out, and. Because as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, shit, yeah, I should be wearing stuff like this. It's very cool. <laughs> like, I just, I, 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 one of these days I have to dig up that corn poster. I have to, you know, do the search for corn poster. And Which one uh, was it? It was a black background, and it was them in black and white, and it was just like, just probably like chest up. And it was them like like looking kind of mean with hmm. and it just said corn and red under it. And uh it just I, I don't think what, I had I don't think I had that one. I had the I had the like got the life poster. It was them in like, you know, uh uh in quote bling bling, you know, it was them doing yeah. the like ironic bling bling shit like uh, the one with like where they're on low rider or low rider bikes. Yeah, like I had that one cool. too. See, that um, shit was and so cool. I think I had like the, the follow the leader, you know, uh, our, uh, the, uh, what's, what's that guy's name? The comic artist artwork. Oh, uh, Todd McFarlane. Yeah. Yeah. I said the right McFarlane. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't like, I guess for me, it's like, uh, with lit, right? Like they were trying to be a kind of cool, uh, uh, maybe they were trying to be a kind of timeless cool, I guess, where corn was just trying to be like, I don't know, it feels like corn was like they were going for a look, you know, all those guys. I think Fieldy, especially, you look at a guy like Fieldy and and head all, all the all the everybody but Jonathan Davis and David, the drummer. We're definitely going for a look back then. Where lit to me, like, and this is weird. Let's talk about this a little bit. Lit to me is bowling shirt music. It's yeah. like guys that it's bowling wear bowling rock. shirts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a term we came up with on on that awful sound was bowling rock, and it's like adjacent to butt rock, but it is like cool dads who like want who like have a restored cadillac and like drink out of martini glasses and like have you know fuzzy dice uh, not even on their rear view mirror but just like around the house like that's like like bowling shirt rock bowling rock smash mouth was part of that for sure i mean even like real big fish is kind of part yeah. of that but uh yeah, I mean, Lit had the bowling music video. Yeah. They had the bowling music video, which was super tight because it, it kind of coincided with um, with Mystery Men, which, you know, you had Janine Garofalo throwing a haunted bowling ball with, like, her dad's skull embedded yes. in it. Yes. That was, that was tight at the time. Uh, you had 
Um, Kingpin was a very popular comedy in the late nineties, uh, you know, revolving around the like pathos of bowling. Mm-hmm. Um, you had, uh, the big Lebowski around, I'm not, I'm forgetting the release date of the big Lebowski, but that was around the same time. And then lit comes out with a music video where each member has like a themed bowling ball. Like what the guy with the long goatee, who I believe is the other pop off brother, uh, it's Jeremy Popoff and Jay Pop. I can't remember the other Popoff, but they're two brothers, and uh, like you know, all dressed in gold. He's got the gold ball. I think the singer had the the clear enamel ball with the rose in the center. Like it just you're like a kid, and you don't know what's fucking cool, and you're like, oh, here's these giant balls that are like you know sparkly, or they have like a cool emblem on them or something and their suits match like this is what's being this is what it's like to be an adult is when you get a suit to match your bowling ball (laughs) you know what's funny uh uh you brought that up big lebowski came out 1998 uh and this song came out in 1998 and uh there was something i was actually gonna bring up uh was that it's a Las las vegas kind of music if that makes sense totally you know totally me and brett when we went and did uh uh when we did our miserable vegas show you're so lucky you weren't at that you are i I, everybody we tour with i'm like i'm gonna tell you right now if you had been at that las vegas show you would have been like no i don't want to do this (laughs) this is not something i'm going to do (laughs) at all and it's it's funny because lit has a song called miserable Yes, yes, yes. But when we were with there, Pamela, there was a- with Pamela Anderson in the music video. Sorry. Yeah, and and they try to make you think they're gonna say you make me come is like the whole yeah. gimmick. <laughs> That's of the, the song. hook of the song is he says you make me come, and then also another hook of the song is the music video where Pamela Anderson is a giant lady who like eats them. They like crawl over all That's over right. her body, and then she eats them. <laughs> God, those guys must have been like just. I mean, everything about them is so, you're right. It is like dad type music. And like it, 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 the, the Vegas thing I was saying is when we were in Vegas, there was a punk show going on that was called punk and bowling. And there were a bunch of people there that were like really into like that bowling punk music, which is almost even rockabilly in a way it's not it isn't rockabilly because it's not rockabilly music but it's it's retro it's got the retro aesthetic that's like that's a big part of being rockabilly and when you get into bands like like this it like smash mouth or lit they're doing the retro thing and they and they they're like kind of trying to do do it ironically yeah you think so there's like a yeah, there's there's they're like there's like a humor to all the video. There's a humor in the fact that they're bowling and taking it seriously. Kind kind of like in Big Lebowski like, you know, the Jesus, like taking bowling so seriously or even John Goodman's character like taking bowling really fucking seriously. Like there's like an irony in in bowling at that time. It was like a it was like the joke sport kind of. True. 
yeah, yeah, that that does make perfect. You know, I'm going to agree with you here. And I know we've spent a lot of time talking about lit. And I think we're going <laughs> to end up talking about lit on the 90s episode, too, because I just I find this band to be kind of fascinating. And I also feel like, oh, my God. The ten, this, my own worst enemy. I'm sorry, I'm on the Wikipedia for this song. My mm-hmm. own worst enemy appeared on the Phoenix New Times 10 best pop punk songs of all time list. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> that sounds like a Phoenix song for sure. <laughs> Phoenix punk. It's, it's, it's punk to them. Creed is very, very certainly a 90s band because the the creed that i liked came out in the 90s i know Absolutely. that my yeah, own prison uh, my own prison and human clay were like 96 and 99 respectively i think and like they the thing the thing that's like fascinating to me about the 90s butt rock stuff is it's like it has such at least the way that i think about it like the post grunge era of like stone temple pilots and um i don't know shit like Bush, I guess, really fits that vibe too. Like there was that stuff and then like new metal came along and then I feel like butt rock kind of quieted down for a while and then it like blew back up again. But one of the bands, one of the butt rock bands of that era that like really stood above everyone was Creed. I remember Creed just being enormous on MTV in like the late 90s when otherwise it was occupied by this really like edgy like Kid Rock, Fred Durst, Jonathan Davis kind of you know, weirdo vibe. Whereas Creed was like, I'm wearing a fucking <laughs> like a, a tank top and like a Jesus necklace. My hair's blowing in front of a giant fan in the music video. And like, that's what our vibe is, dude. Like, yeah, let's get some, let's get some Creed going here, Brian. Can we, can we play a Creed song? Can I pick a Creed song for us to play? You want to pick one? What, 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 let me ask you this before we, b- before I play it. Yes, you can pick one. I will play what you okay. pick, but I want to ask you, were you ever a fan of Creed, Alex? Cause you uh, don't come off like a guy that could have been into Creed. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'll take that as a compliment. I was a huge fan of Creed. Uh, I was, <laughs> I was, um, trying really hard to be a Christian in my teen, in my early teenage years. <laughs> I felt a massive amount of Christian guilt. Like, yeah, like, you know how you have like those intrusive thoughts about like sex or whatever? Like, I was ashamed. Like, I used to, uh, this wasn't really a sex thought, but it, it still applies. Like, we had a neighbor who lived across the street who was like friends with my parents. You know, he's like my parents' age. His name was Richard. And he would go by Dick. And I just would think of him being a giant dick. <laughs> like, in my mind, I would, and I would be like, that's a, that's like a bad thought. Like, that's like what, what sends you to hell. Our thoughts like that. Were your parents Christian? And I just thought, uh, yeah, yeah. My parents were Christian. I think I finally got my dad to uh, give up his faith, which is pretty cool. Um, but I, I used to do the whole thing like, oh, if I make this shot, then there is a God. And I would like miss the basketball hoop, you know? I like, did that well, too. What the fuck, you know? Yeah. I did that shit too. I, I remember I, if I find these shoes there's a God. Like if I was looking for my shoes, I'd be like, okay, (laughs) how did you lose your shoes? I mean, so I'll tell this story when I was, when I was, I don't know, 10 or 11 or 12, I lost my fucking shoes. 
<laughs> and uh, uh, I couldn't find them anywhere in the house. I don't know what the fuck happened to them. I still, to this day, don't really know where they were. Uh, I got caught by my parents trying to go outside in flippers like you would swim in because that was the only shoes I could find. And my parents were just like, you're going to stay in this fucking house until you find your fucking shoes, Brian. And then so you had you were like anti barefoot from the beginning. Yeah, I love shoes. I don't know how I lost my shoes at all. And that might have been why I was anti barefoot. But I walked out. I, I like remember being like god if you're there shine a light because i went to church <laughs> at one point and i said god if you're there for me shine a light where my shoes are and then we're just like looking around for a light you know and the light never came and that's probably why i'm an atheist to this day <laughs> yeah so i so i 100 identify with that i i have been baptized like three times in my in my quest for in my quest for righteousness in my quest for access to heaven i would have like nightmares about going to going to hell and shit um so i i was very big into the christian music thing like my dad bought me a pod cd from brian's bookstore brian's christian bookstore before they were like before they popped you know before south town really changed the landscape um <laughs> I had slick shoes. I had MXPX. Um, and uh, yeah, this Creed was one of them. And so I was playing Creed last night and I just like knew all these lyrics. I haven't listened to this this album, uh, My Own Prison, in like, you know, 20, 25 years. And I still knew uh, all the lyrics. And what it was song? Just so refreshing. What song do you think we should play for the people? I mean, I think we should play a couple creed songs but uh yeah, what mine, song should we play for the people is what's this life for this the penultimate song on my own prison okay we're gonna play a little bit of what's this life for uh, uh i know this song and we remember we're playing the videos here so there might be some sound at the beginning there will not be commercials because i have youtube premium <laughs> important channel this fits a, a really great trope of music videos in this era too of uh, videos that are shot in like the deserts in the southwest. There's so many fucking music videos that are shot out in the middle of nowhere in the southwest. Like on a mesa. Yeah. Yeah, can you guys hear it? Please tell me you can hear it. No. No. Can you hear it now? There it is. Yeah. Yes. Right on. Hooray for child Oh my God! Can I do that real quick? Because I know it's important. For a child that makes you through. That was pretty this good. Is like two. That was great. These are like. Th there's two things you can pick up on instantly that make this butt rock. He's definitely doing a fake deep voice. He's going like below his normal range, and he's also doing an accent of some kind. It's like a half southern, half maybe mid-Atlantic. I don't know. Hooray for the child that lives in you. Here's more. I'm, I'll play it like a little in the background here. He's not. He's not doing an accent as much as he's doing Eddie Vedder. 
Like, yeah, he's I like think- trying to digest like Eddie Vedder and Scott Weiland like at the same time. Like, <laughs> yeah, I I think you that's- can just the point is like you can listen to it and hear that it's an affectation. You yeah. can yeah. hear that it's something he's putting on. The souls are lost because lost, lost. Fucker said lost. <laughs> Okay, Brian. So can you there is a whole outro to this song that like it's a it's almost a new song and it's very important for us to play. Can you go to like a minute and a half or two minutes before the song ends? Yes. I am uh I am right about there. Okay, here we go. What the fuck? Right. Okay, okay, listen, listen. Oh. He just cursed. He just said, don't have to settle no goddamn score. And this is like... (laughs) (laughs) Why did he say goddamn? I thought this guy was a Christian man. That's the I can only, explain. That's the I just want to say this first though. That's the only swear you're not allowed to say as a Christian. I believe. <laughs> so I think what he is saying, he's saying you don't have to settle the score, don't have to settle no goddamn score. He's talking about like our our human frivolities and our, you know, uh like uh the the travails and and our offenses our minor offenses or whatever that we you know build our our grievances around or whatever and we want to settle these personal petty scores those scores would be damned by god himself oh good i but see still, god I could see. Yeah. The, and the truth that's is the though the truth is though god could it probably is like okay but i see what you did there you know what i mean like i you, <laughs> you still well, said the word saw what he did there when he had an orgy with kid rock or whatever <laughs> that a few years later <laughs> that is i thought it was fred durst was wasn't it fred durst too cuz he maybe i know had, I, kn- I know i know scott Stapp and kid rock like like there was like a sex tape uh, at some point along the way there um, and I think like they got in a fight in the middle of the orgy too, or something like, cause Scott Stapp was like trying to be like the center of attention or something. I don't, I don't remember. This is like, well, this here is we a go. story that I remember reading when I was like super scandalized by it when I was 14 or whatever. This was, cause in- I was like, Oh, Scott Stapp. Yeah, he he's uh pissed off. Yeah, that Creed and Limp Biscuit had a war of words against each other. <laughs> is what it was. There was okay. I'll explain it. Uh, uh, this article is from MTV of when. Do you do you guys? And I don't know if you'll remember this, but remember when Fred Durst left the message on Taproot's telephone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I can't say I remember this. He he left a message. I I could probably play it for you real quick. I think it's a funny story. Uh he played a uh it, here's the message. 
I'll have the message up in like one second. Here it is. Here it is. It's one minute long, Alex, and you'll love it. Steve, Ah, shit. You fucked up. You don't ever bite the hand that feeds in this business, bro. And your fucking manager so bad as a fucking idiot, loser motherfucker going nowhere. You have just chosen that path. Took you under my wing, brought you to my house. Fucking talk about your ass on radio on press. And you embarrassed like me and Interscope family. Your association with no biscuit doesn't exist. Your manager slings that name around. He's going to be blackballed and probably be erased. And you will too. He's a fucking idiot. You're going to fucking learn from this time right here. I hope you let your band know that you just fucked yourself. You need to be associated with somebody in this business. You need something to get you out there and put you out there and believe in it. Now you got enemies. And you're fucking yourself already. Tell your friend that. Don't fucking show up at my show. Because if you do, you're going to get fucked. All right? You and your fucking punk ass, man. You call your fucking manager, David Menavistes, whatever. <laughs> Ask him what he's done and doing. You're, you're a fucking dumb motherfucker. You're learning right now exactly how to ruin your career before it gets started. All the luck, brother. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> There's wow, so many portions of that where he's clearly like reading off a piece of paper that he wrote. <laughs> what did Taproot's manager do to him? They signed with a different label than Fred Durst's label. Wow. That's see, that's something that Aaron <laughs> Lewis would never do. The, well, Aaron it, Lewis it, would never betray Fred Durst like that. Aaron Lewis has had words with Fred Durst too. They actually have had words together. Uh, yeah, uh, but it was like as like friends. Lewis and Borland had had words, right? Yeah, when, uh, that's what it was. Right? Uh, Aaron Lewis and 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 Wes Borland, they passed each other in the airport and didn't talk to each other, and it became a huge <laughs> scandal. Yeah, that was, that was like two years ago, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like long after either of them had been in anything resembling relevance. I I, I wouldn't like defend Creed in the abstract, but when it comes to like. When it comes down to Creed versus Nickelback, Creed wins like by a country mile. I oh think God. they're this. I think they're actually kind. And I'll, I'll talk about this now. I think they're kind of the same band in a way. I think that the hate that Nickelback got was the same hate that Creed had, but Creed was less on top at that period of time. And, Creed and that, made like, more interesting choices than, than Nickelback, wh who's like top to bottom, just a boring band, just a mediocre, boring band that's hard to even really make fun of. Like The only real thing you can make fun of is A, uh, the song with... Uh, uh, what's, what's his name from Nickelback? Chad Kroger, um, Kroger. him and, and Josie Scott from Saliva. They're yeah, Chad Kroger and Josie Scott song off of uh, Spider Man. That's a real fun song to make fun of. <laughs> yeah. um, but the best way to make fun of them is that that person who edited like all their songs together like five or ten years ago, and just show I, how it's the same song over and over. I That's do like have the way you make fun of them because it's nothing. It's just all nothing. I do have to say that their cover. So this year they did a cover of the devil went down to Georgia that absolutely fucking shredded like way better than the corn version. What are you saying? I swear to fucking God. <laughs> I I'm going to play a minute. I just 
a few you won't believe this is nickelback i promise didn't charlie didn't charlie daniels just die this year brian that's what why they say? did it that's why they did it here you go that's, listen I to this cover respectful L- listen to this this is nickelback, nickelback ain't going away <laughs> <laughs> this is this is i swear this is nickelback Now wait up. No! <laughs> this is so butt. Dude. I, this is not shred. This farts, dude. This farts. No, it does not fart. Sit your old ass in that chair right there and let me show you how the fuck it's done. <laughs> Come on. That's better than... That's... That is not that bad, really. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to listen to this after this episode. That's that's how bad it is. I'm going to make a point of listening to it again before I go to bed tonight. Yeah. I mean, it, we got to hit that in the 2010s. We will come back to this argument when we hit the 2010s. Because I think you're being very unfair. Put a, put a pin in... Put a pin in the Dragon Force Nickelback cover of Devil Went Down to Georgia. <laughs> I'm just, you're being unfair to Nickelback right now. That's shredded. <laughs> that fucking thing goes, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't believe I'm being owned here because I liked something. You know. <laughs> Let's uh, <laughs> let's I'm take. Cry- I'm crying. I know, I know. Everybody's having a good laugh, <laughs> but when the people that listen to the show are sitting in their car, being like, "Brian's right," that'll make me feel good. That's how I'm gonna sleep tonight. You know. <laughs> Another hair metal band that was huge was Warrant. Which is, uh, uh, have you, had you ever heard of Warrant? Yeah, I've heard of them. I'm sure uh, I've heard a Warrant song. I'm cherry looking pie. them up right now. Have you She's heard- my cherry pie. That's, that's that song? Yeah, and I'll, I'll play just a touch of uh, cherry pie to jog people's memories. I, I don't know if they would need that because you should never want to hear cherry pie. But uh, here, here's a little second of cherry pie. This video is the. Good all the way up until he starts singing, right? Like you were kind of like getting into it, right? You were like, and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden it's this. This sounds like Motley Crue to me. I don't hear any difference between this and Motley Crue. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't say that. Now I got to play Shout at the Devil a little bit. I've heard Shout at the Devil. It sounds fine. Just like that song sounds fine. I don't think Warren sounds fine. 
as yeah i it's not it's not objectionable in in the way that like i don't know i mean even like sammy hagar is not objectionable i like some some van hagar songs but it's just not what i go to when i go to the 80s i don't go to fucking motley crew like when i go to the 80s i go to uh a pentagram and venom and like motorhead and I don't know, good good bands from the eighties, like, or I like go, I'm gonna go in the opposite direction with pop rock, and I'm gonna go to like new wave or like no wave stuff. You know, I don't I don't need Motley Crue really. I I you know that's interesting. I I I thought one of the things I would do is ha- sort of talk about some of my playlists that I have made that are in these genres because they these are uh, these are things that I grew up liking, and and I'm just gonna throw this out there like i have a uh a playlist called good rock and a lot of the bands i'm <laughs> a lot of the bands i'm going to be uh uh bringing up in this especially in this episode or on there i got poison um um i got a real big one here in a second that i'm gonna bring out but there's there's some warrant stuff i wanted to do something that i was that's telling- why this that's why this episode is hard for me because or this this like decade is hard for me in terms of butt rock because like as we've said before like butt rock you know kind of the loose description we're going with is that it's like late to the game or it's derivative or it's somehow less than whatever genre it's trying to emulate or whatever like thing it's trying to do and i don't have a good enough grasp of what i would call hair metal or uh actually what i would call you know stepdad rock like to me, this is like stepdad rock. I don't have enough grasp of it to know like what's what's poser in this genre. Like it's all the it's all the same to me. It just all kind of sounds roughly the same to you. Like when like, I think of when I think of this, even back to Journey, like you said, Journey in Boston and shit, like uh, Motley Crue, you know, some some Kiss, like. This is what your stepdad was listening to in the eighties. Like your dad was like, your dad was like a dork. He was listening to like you know Depeche Mode. He was listening to like Oingo Boingo or like New Order. You know, while he was like you know studying math or something or or like studying carpentry or whatever. While while your stepdad, he was like, he he was training for the the wrestling semifinals and he was listening to to motley crew or he was like down in mexico with his best friend and both of them were having sex in the same hotel room with with two different women and like blowing speed and shit and they were they were listening to fucking rat or they were listening to boston and i don't i don't see it as butt rock i guess is the problem for me on this episode i i i but in doing research for this i kind of used the parameters that we were talking about from my frame of reference and came to a very strong conclusion of what i would consider 80s butt rock which uh we'll we'll maybe get into later in this episode yeah absolutely i wanted to uh uh i i wanted i wanted to talk a little bit though about i mean <clears throat> i think that something that is but that we can definitely say hair metal did was like the balance that they the ballots i'm too busy talking about that god danged election and how they counted all the ballots all wrong (laughs) 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 
<laughs> but uh, the ballads, I think, are something that, like, we're going to get to the, the, the future here. This is something that all of these bands have sort of taken from this era. You know, th this, I mean, this that's, era. that's my number one, like experience with hair metal is like the little that they would play on classic rock stations. Cause I, li I grew up listening to classic rock, uh, but they didn't play a lot of Motley crew on, on the classic rock. They, they stuck with more of the Boston and then more of like the straightforward rock and roll. But, um, yeah, it was like ads for like monster ballads. You yeah. know, or like, like, what was that? Like, ha like hard rock goes soft or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Every rocker has a soft side. Right? <laughs> yeah. Just like every rose has a thorn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Did I listen to that song a lot today? Uh, that's really funny. I'm going to bring up the monster ballads commercial. We can listen to that before. I, oh yeah. Uh, before I do the, uh, every rocker has his soft side. <laughs> Very funny. Here we go. Here we go. Let's let's fucking jam that. Whoa! Wait a minute. They put the whole album on there. Uh, here here we go. Here we go. It's time for the ultimate experience. This is a warrant song, by the way. Heaven. Heaven is isn't heaven. too far away. Yeah, it's not too far away. Here. It's time for the ultimate experience. Wait. Biggest ballads ever. It's monster. Dude, this music is butt rock, I think. Uh, through the okay. parameters that I've heard from everybody, like it, it would be hard to make the argument that these maybe aren't, you know, like this music. Are we, are we forgetting? And this isn't like, uh, I'm not trying to be snarky. This is a genuine question. Are we forgetting about jock rock? I, I don't know jock rock. I mean, the only thing I think of is jock jams. I thought jocks like jock to jock down, 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 that kind of tune. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like Gary Glitter and shit. No. Um, yes, exactly. Gary Glitter. That's jock. That's jock jams. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm talking about jock rock, which is like l derivative Led Zeppelin, derivative queen shit. Interesting. That's like that's kind of like jock rock and i feel like there's a strong overlap between jock rock and stepdad rock yeah let's 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 hear some more of this commercial because this commercial kicks ass Mr. Ballads, the ultimate four cd set complete with 50 huge hits for only 29.99 god 50 30 dollars for 30 <laughs> bucks okay i i'm paying 30 dollars in clinton money that was good money back then i'm paying less than that every month for all of the songs <laughs> now. <laughs> Order online right now at musicspace.com. Oh, these songs are At only $29.99 for 50 huge hits, this is the only way to get the real Monster Ballads at a value this good. Get Monster Ballads, the ultimate four CD set now, because every bad boy has his soft side. To order, call the number on your screen. I listened, hold on. I listened to that song. Uh, 
the one more than words who sings that one is that extreme uh, extreme and that that song is but i gotta say like that is oh my god it's like the same thing people get out of nickelback is that um yeah so more than more than words that's the one where he's like um you like instead of saying you love me you should just fuck me that's because not you more should than words <laughs> is okay it? i'm maybe maybe i'm thinking of a different one they don't i don't think they talk about effing in that song i why did i say but it's effing? like you're allowed to it's like fuck. you should you should show me that you love me instead of saying it yes yes that is what the song is about what sure. does he mean by that do you think he means like buy him buy him some pretty flowers yeah yeah maybe i don't know <laughs> i actually didn't get i that think a that lot song is literally like like hey you telling me you love me that's like kind of cringe like you should just like <laughs> uh you should just like l l let's go all the way to prove let put your money where your mouth is babe yeah let's, let's that's what that's what i think that song is about we've all heard marlin's we will soar right all of us on the show uh, have heard this i have not listened to it i know of it uh gotta play marlin's we're talking about butt rock we're talking about scott stapp you gotta play marlin's we will soar all right here we go this is hold on pause it let me let me prime it for the audience this is a song that Scott Stapp wrote and performed for the Florida Marlins. <laughs> and listeners of Minion Death Cult will appreciate that this is happening in Florida. There's a, there's a nexus point in history that, that just revolves around Florida, and he's Scott a, Stapp is part of it. He's a Florida guy, right? The Creed is a Florida band, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. There, a lot of butt came from Florida. I mean, I think a, a lot of butt came from maybe the midwest but i think a ton of it came from florida too you know you you guys just, yeah song is called marlin's we will soar let's play ball it's game day <laughs> <laughs> double place Put me in, coach. Did they commission this song? Is that? I don't know how it worked. I don't know who asked for what. <laughs> I just wonder. It's like if he just wrote this, it's really, really embarrassing. Like, cause he's A like double play, no <laughs> rain delay. Hot like dogs. Every baseball phrase he could think of. <laughs> yeah, hot dogs. Hopefully they're warm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He's embarrassing as hell. So let's move to other, cause I and think the song is called we will soar yes i think we've pretty well covered that section that post grunge strange like creed inner that part of of the the thing uh uh can, last I, can I make one request before we close the book on sure on, well i mean maybe, maybe we'll get to this i was going to bring up like as the the prologue to creed being um seven mary three 
as far as like the direct uh, oh. precedent for Scott Stapp voice. Yes, I, it's I'm funny. so you glad you I, brought Tony, that up. Came, yeah, you and I, Tony, came to Seven Mary Three on this episode independently because I had a list of bands and songs that that made me like that that you know uh, events '90s butt rock to me, and it's cumbersome. Like mm -hmm. I, the, the fake deep voice and cumbersome. And then, uh, Brian sent me, I think it was your playlist of like songs. I was like, uh, there's cumbersome. That's right. <laughs> let's and get some cumbersome it, though. Yeah. Let's hear it, please. I fucking can't tell you how much I love this song. <laughs> it's fucking great. It's so good. <laughs> uh, that that right there sounds good but then when his voice kicks in it goes off <laughs> here it goes she calls me Goliath and I wear the David mask I guess the stones are coming to best her now you know I'd like to believe this nervousness will pay all the stones that are thrown are building up here it comes To my girl. My girl. <laughs> Here's the thing. And much like much like Laost with with Scott Stapp, we get the we get the insane vowel pronunciation here with cumbers. It's like it's like a seven vowel <laughs> pronunciation of cumbers. Yeah. <laughs> See, you're the people that have never heard Seven Mary Three that are listening to this show are like, wow, that song really fucking kicked ass. And what I'm here <laughs> to tell you is what I'm here to tell you is you didn't even hear the best part. Here it comes. Oh, two verses before they get to the good part. <laughs> well, we're just going to let it roll. This one really, even more than Creed, like sets the tone for the, like, I hate my wife, Nickelback theory of a dead man, puddle of mud, like yep. vibe Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Yeah. This is definitely one of the earliest versions of this. These guys might even be, this is butt rock. This is for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to defend them, but they might be early to the party. You know, like they, they, they might have, they might be not late to the, they are late to the party, but they are just barely late to the, they're five minutes late to the party when everybody <laughs> yeah. else is 15, 20 minutes late here. I got to play. Well, this oh, please. Yeah. Here it comes. To my girl. Here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Too 
Cumbersome. <laughs> the way he says Cumbersome. <laughs> okay, the best part, sorry, the best part of this song is when he goes, no, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's when That's, he says yeah and no a lot. That's the best part of the song. I think that comes up here in a second. She's wanting me less than I'm wanting her more. Here it comes. That's an incredible song. A few things, all right? You're right, Tony, and that this is like the precursor to the I hate my wife, you know, uh, this bitch is crazy butt rock uh, of the late 90s and early 2000s. But you can still sense self-deprecation in this. This is a song about how he has become like a burden on his girlfriend. That's kind of what I read into it. For sure. And... That is the like, that is a derivative from the like you said, the heroin chic, the the depressed, uh, like very a lot more self deprecating, straightforward grunge genre of like I'm worthless or you know I'm I'm fucked up or whatever. This is like halfway between those two. This is like, you know, this girl, I'm wanting her more and she's wanting me less. And you can sense a bit of that grievance in there. You can sense like a seed of that, that grievance in there. So that's, that's one thing for sure that's in there. And also, I would just like point out how much like roots rock or country rock I hear in this song. Despite right. it being like swaggery and chunky, there is like a southern roots rock tinge to this song definitely there's yeah and there's also like there's a kind of just something that sets it between like in the similar like straddling the two worlds that you're talking about the lyrics as well not just the cumbersome part but like in the verses he's using a lot of similar kind of like kind of lazy but still like more imagistic kind of he talks about his stone face and all of this sort of shit which like when you get well into like puddle of mud era that shit does not exist he's just saying like lick my balls and fucking pull my hair or whatever yeah. like that's what that guy's yeah. thinking about like but well, like in this era slap my ass exactly the dirty things you do subtlety thrown entirely out the window whereas this guy is still like trying to kind of write like a poem I but it guess. is but it is still you're right though it's a halfway between that because he's still saying the text of the song which is i have become cumbersome like he's just telling the audience this is what the song's about it's about mm -hmm. me becoming cumbersome well and the bridge too is a great embodiment of that as well just this really like Polar opposites, too rich, too poor, too black, too white, too wrong, too right. Like extremely. We need to find like, something in the middle. We need to find a middle ground, something in the center <laughs> that we can all agree on. <laughs> that's it. Uh, that's I think my answer to that is no, no, no. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs>
I think we really do. I think this is the Democrats. It, it's old enough to be the Democrats next like convention song. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's wanted me less than I'm wanting them all. <laughs> <laughs> you said something there and this is a band I don't even like. And it's going to irritate the piss out of people that I don't like them. But Van Halen is not butt rock. We can push them right out of the conversation. Okay, you know? what about, hang on, let me ask you this. So remember our parameters that we're working with, you know, late to the game or maybe like a second iteration of something? <laughs> Van Hagar. Okay, now here's, a, here's Is where... Is Van Hagar butt rock? Let me say this before we get into that. I like Van Hagar more than I like Van Hagar. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a... Very, very good possibility that, that Van Hagar is a uh, uh, butt rock since it's my preference. <laughs> like you look, look at Sammy Van Hagar and he just, he like, he's the visual representation of butt rock. Yeah. Like I'm the, trying. the bleach tips, perms, the sort of like fake lokes. Uh, you know, gas station sunglasses, the goatee, the, uh, I don't know, guitar picks on his like low hanging chain necklace. That's butt rock, man. That's like the epitome. Like you can't get more butt rock unless you're uh, playing, unless you're Mark Tremonti of Creed, like, and you have a signature, uh, signature, fuck, what's, it's not Schecter. What, what, What's what's the bad guitar I, brand? I, uh, the bad guitar brand? I fucking don't get not Gibson. Those are the good ones. <laughs> I have no idea what uh, the bad PR, PRS. PRS. Oh, those are good. Those are expensive no. guitars. I really wanted a PRS guitar because Les Claypool played a PRS bass. I yeah. Believe. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> We're not disagreeing here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, I think it is funny how how I, I guess like let's play this real quick let's let's play just a minute not even a minute just a few seconds of eruption by van halen right okay that's a, that's a good song and then we'll play just a few minutes a few seconds of why can't this be love by van halen. <laughs> 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 try to see if we can discern any difference here. <laughs> now I know what comes next because I'm haven't been living under a rock. I've heard Van Halen. But that is what like and what the cradle me <laughs> will rock. The cradle <laughs> will rock, and I said, "Rock on." That comes know, like five minutes later. I know, but the, I know the what the guitar sounds like in a second, and I know it's what I don't like about Van Halen. <laughs> so you don't I like was, uh, you don't like really good riffs. Th that's a, it's it's more of a dee 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 than a riff. 
No, I think it's yeah. It's it's well. It's like uh, it's I think it's like an exercise. It's like a it's like a warm up exercise. The same way like Sweet Child of Mine was a warm up exercise for Slash. It's like a, it's like a finger dexterity like uh, scale type thing. Yeah, that's why I don't like it. I think is because it sounds like something like you would just be sitting in a guy's room and he'd be like, "Check out what I can do with my guitar," and you're like, "Oh my <laughs> fucking god, dude." Okay. Here we go again, Eddie Van Halen. Don't get, don't call. No, don't call Alexander. We don't need drums for this. Let me check. Let me check it. Let me check in with it. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, that's gonna piss people off. <laughs> He's dead, man. You can't you can't say that. <laughs> let me see. Let me check in over here because we said that this was butt rock. I don't know. You know, what's the difference? Let's find out. Ooh, this sounds different. This hits. I like this. Yeah, this definitely suits me more, I think, this song. Does. It's definitely butt. Like, <laughs> I like that song, but it's butt for sure. <laughs> it's so let's listen to a little more. <laughs> we're we're not here to celebrate Van Halen. We're here to celebrate this. <laughs> I like when Sammy starts singing. My fucking dad loves to tell this story. He went and saw the Guess Who, and uh, uh, fucking Sammy Hagar was opening for him. He said that he blew the Guess Who out of the fucking water. He's one of the greats. And my dad still, I mean, he's trying to get me into Chicken Foot, which we might look into. <laughs> Put a pin in Chicken Foot. Um, I was going to yeah, do a saw- whole series about Chicken Foot once. Uh, I saw this is uh, semi, se- only semi-related. Uh, I saw uh, Proto Martyr open for My Bloody Valentine, and maybe it's because I had already seen My Bloody Valentine like twice, but Proto Martyr blew them away. Very, very great live band. If you're into that band at all, uh, try to see them when we can see bands again. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would I would check it. I don't even know who they are, but uh, they they're, probably don't sound like, like good post punk from Detroit. And they, they sound fuck they rule. They sound anything like this. I just I I don't know what the difference is. Hold on, let me try this. Same energy. to be be fair like van halen had singles like they had pop songs too (laughs) yeah yeah i like i like uh 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 let me see let me see what what's one of their hot for teacher which is a song i hate more than anything running Uh, with the devil the the, my go-to van halen song i don't like that song but i'm gonna check it out 
and I'm gonna. I mean, see, Cradle Cradle Will Rock is great too. That's that's the okay. next song on the album, I think. Cradle Will Rock. Okay, here's what we're gonna do here. We're gonna see how how much different this is. This is a single, right? With with yeah. David Lee Roth singing. Oh, this is cool. This is cool. Okay, this is something I can listen to. Let me let, let me play just a little bit more of it. Really to just get an idea. I'm gonna play this whole song. Okay. All right. I think we need to get away from Van Van Halen. What I, I think there's a strong case to be made for Van Hagar being being butt rock because it is like I don't know. It seems it seems a little more uh, a little more dinky. Love. I don't know. I don't know if that's the the word for it. And that doesn't mean I don't like it. But it just it seems a little more. Uh, but I guess. too much love. I think Van Halen is a, like an actual like really useful sort of thing to to figure this out because I, you know I'm being a jack off. Uh, there is definitely a difference between Cradle Will Rock and and Running with the Devil and anything I've heard by Van Hagar. And Van Hagar does sort of uh, uh, the comparison I would make is be like like uh, and this is not because I'm fans of these things. I, I want to be really clear that I'm not fans of these bands. I'm just making a comparison. Uh, uh, Van Halen with David Lee Roth is like Bob Dylan. And Van Halen with Sammy Hagar is like Tom Jones. And I just happen to like Tom Jones more than I like Bob Dylan. What an interesting comparison. Okay. <laughs> I, I support that. I, I like that. I like that uh, description of them. Yeah. Because I, I just sort of like them a little bit. Let's just talk about this now. I'm just going to throw this band name out there. I've been thinking about it all week. When it when it came to us doing this show, and I've been, I I don't want to wait till the '90s week to unleash. It's not unleashing a hot take, but uh, lit. Now that I believe is the spirit of butt rock is <laughs> that band. See, that's interesting. So I I had a podcast about bad music, uh, and it was like a nostalgia podcast where we would like revisit a song we used to like and kind of make fun of it and make fun of ourselves or whatever. And in doing that show, like I was a huge lit fan. I oh, mean, geez. are we all right? Are we gonna are we gonna talk about lit like in depth on the '90s episode? I mean, we can talk about it now. It this this the me bringing up lit. I think is a good entryway into like what I'm thinking of it as. And uh, I'm curious to hear what, what you know about lit because uh, first of all, I was not a fan of lit. I hated them because I was already into corn at that time. Mm -hmm. And you mm -hmm. couldn't like both at the same time, I, not in no, I days. managed I somehow, I somehow managed. I guess I'm just, you know, a little more advanced than than the rest of you. The guitar, see, the corn 
Uh, which, by the way, again, I can't wait to talk about new metal in this context. Uh, but like, there is something different between what I perceive to be new metal. Uh, like, there is a wide gulf between corn and lit. I feel like a very yeah. wide gulf between the you're two not bands. wrong no yeah. lit lit was like trying to be cool the whole time like they were uh the whole time they were uh an entity because what i was going to say about lit like i have a personal lit story i have a couple personal lit stories actually uh like three or four but like um one of the things about lit is like they first tried to be a hair metal band called razzle in like 1988 how yeah how so were they pretty old like i think shit. they were like 30 35 by the time lit became popular wow they're like me actually <laughs> <laughs> i think i was like 36 when i started making my living doing street fight they might, yeah, they, they might even be older than that. Um, and so they tried to be Razzle, which was like a hair metal, glam metal band thing. And they were too late because they were trying this in the late 80s and early 90s, almost mid 90s. And so they were like too late for that. Then they tried to be a grunge band or, you know, more, I think, uh, accurately a post grunge band aka butt rock yeah. uh in the mid 90s called stain not oh. to be confused with Oof. stained <laughs> they tried they tried the grunge thing and then that didn't work out for them and then they finally moved to like pop punk pop rock whatever they were doing with uh you know uh, a place in the sun my own worst enemy so they're a really interesting band to talk about in in this context just in just musically as as well but like in terms of their their like you know uh how they look up against a band like corn is like corn was like the band that was like calling themselves f and stuff like they like they were not trying to be cool <laughs> uh and lit, it seems like was always trying to be cool. I think corn looked cool though. They they corn worked ultra hard to look cool. I think they they, they that's what the, I've I've said this a few times. Uh, that's what they they got me. That's how where they got me was like I wasn't a metal guy, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, what happened was like. I went to the record store and I saw a picture of corn and uh, it fucking flipped me out. You know what I mean? I had, I, I had multiple corn posters. I, I loved that band. I have a yeah. corn story too, man. If we ever talk, if we ever get in depth on corn, I got a corn story too, dude. Well, I, I want to say this about lit. One thing I know about lit and, and this came up when, on, when we did uh, orgy on the POD cast is that they bought their name from the lead singer of orgy. They bought the name lit from, Oh my God, the lead singer of orgy. I don't know if you knew that. I did uh, not know that. Yeah. This is news. Which wow. Is a very funny named name to buy you know like he had the he had the trademark for it or what 
Yeah, I, hold on. I can get you the info because uh, it was in a uh, Rolling Stone article. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, they got they bought their name from Jay Gordon from Orgy. Yes, yes. Which is uh, that that buff ass cyber goth. <laughs> yeah, but even Jay Gordon, I one hundred percent believe that even Jay Gordon from uh 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 orgy was in hair metal he was that guy came up with orgy like apparently he came up with orgy like on the spot you know like it was like uh he they went they got a record deal they went to go record that record and then when they went and who when they went to record the record he went to a record store and he heard blue monday and he was <laughs> He's like, like hey <laughs> <laughs> he was hey th this band's really got a thing going hey <laughs> not a bad idea hey this I'll whole new wave thing might actually catch on in the year 1998 <laughs> yeah i <laughs> all i can say is that like you know he uh uh um he was just a guy. Okay. One of those bands went on. Okay. So after high school, Gordon moved to LA. I was your basic average glam rock sunset strip kid. He said I had reddish hair and a white gothy face. He was a big fan of poison and especially rat, but he never joined any glam rock bands. Instead, he went to school and studied to be an audio engineer. And so he made his living on the edge of the music world, sometimes DJing or promoting a party, sometimes producing. And in recent years, trying to put bands together. One of those bands lit went on to success of its own. Uh, Gordon, claims that his only connection with the group is that the guys in lit bought the name from him <laughs> that's such a good grift oh my <laughs> god I, I bet he didn't even have it trademarked i bet he I, like came up but he just like said oh this would be a good band name and they're like oh can we have it and he's like well yeah but you, you know you gotta buy it from me well that's another thing I, this is funny i I've, i i love talking about this guy his dad is a record industry guy like his dad was at for a period he was the manager of Sly and the Family Stone which oh, I shit. have later learned that the managers of St Sly and the Family Stone were bad like <laughs> they were I like, yeah <laughs> I'm not surprised like ma managers of like really popular black bands uh probably not uh a good good like marks of character <laughs> especially back then you know what yeah. I mean? Like back back in those days, like uh uh you know, white guy that was managing the the black band was probably yeah, you, horrible. You need to get a black guy like uh Michael Jackson's dad. Okay, yeah, that's true. Well, and the other thing about that even is that the band wanted to do a tour and 2000 i think 14 or something like that or jay gordon he launched a mm -hmm. the lead singer of orgy launched a gofundme okay so that he could relaunch orgy with different guys and he posted hey i talked to the other guys from orgy they don't want to do orgy I still want to do orgy and I want to go on tour and I want to record a new album. I just need $250,000 or some, some fucking amount of money mm -hmm. that was so far out there 
that, you know, he didn't need that much money. Uh, uh, and and uh, what happened was after he launched the GoFundMe, everybody else from Orgy was like, I don't know what he's talking about that we don't want to go on tour with him. We do. We said we wanted to go on tour with him as long as his dad wasn't involved with it. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense that this guy's like, oh, yeah, you know, I was like a, I was like a glam kid. I was like a scene kid, you know, and I, I, I never joined a band, but uh, I, I, I got into the music industry by virtue of like my own education. Like I educated myself. I went to school and became an audio engineer and, and that's how I entered the scene. And it's like, oh, no, you just have a dad who's, yeah. who's in the scene. He also said he had one, a, a singing voice. He could hit the same octaves as Freddie Mercury and Prince. Like he could hit the same notes, but he sang in a metal band when he was in high school and it shredded his voice. So he couldn't do it anymore. And which is just, that is just a great story that I, it's I, really good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, I was too, uh, I was too epic in high school and I fucked up my voice. That's the same thing with me though. Actually, like I used to be, I used to have like 180 IQ, uh, but then I like rocked too hard and, and partied a lot and <laughs> had sex with like, you know, like th I did threesomes. Uh, and I did foursomes and it, people don't tell you, but it really fucks with your brain. <laughs> so I got an interview with Janie Lane and Jerry Dixon from Warrant. And I wanted to, before we move past the hair metal thing, I wanted to, I wanted to hear some of these guys in their own words. And, uh, I got to tell you, first of all, bands are nightmares to listen to get interviewed. <laughs> Just not fun at all i don't know how anybody interviews bands without going crazy they like don't respect any of the process at all it's no crazy. that's why you should just stick to interviewing podcasters there we, we've been around the block we know what's up yeah absolutely I, actually i'll say this the people in bands that we've interviewed which basically are Paulo from Trivium and uh, uh, Riley Gale from Power Trip were very cool and, you know, both in very cool bands. So that they were very nice to us. But these guys come off. I don't know. Like they just come off like they don't give a shit. And I think they think that's cool, you know, mm -hmm. but let's hear them talk a little bit about their art the least. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever like sustained? Circus, yeah. Have you ever sustained serious injuries? <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell them? Yes. Go ahead. We've had quite a few. What happened? One show. This is probably the worst injury we've ever had. Jane, oh, are you going to tell that one? No, I can't. I hope my mom isn't listening. Go She's ahead. God, oh, good lord. Good. They're like riffing. That's like improv right there. <laughs> it's embarrassing. If you could see them right now, you would be humiliated with the when he said, Are you gonna tell them that? He like looked down and he put his hand like <laughs> Hell yeah. Top of his See, that's good, like, that's good improv acting. You have to show the audience your emotion that you're feeling. I fucked my cock up. Is he's gonna say something <laughs> like that, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. All right. We were we were playing a place called the Roxy in Hollywood. Anyways, um, Janie was laying on the floor, and, and Joey came up and got on top of him. And Janie had his mic right here. Okay. 
by his penis. And we Joey, can't see where, but we Joey bent and Joey, Joey squatted down and pinned something like his, you know, stool. And Janie hit a high note. Very, Very high. high note. There was lacerations all over it. I, I thought had to be rushed never, to the hospital. I thought he would never have kids. I ran upstage. It was the worst pain 30. I ever felt in my life. And I ran upstage and I pulled my pants down and there was blood everywhere. And I went, oh my God, I'm never going to have kids. That's it. I'm shot. And they rushed me to the hospital. And it turned out it was okay and everything. I don't even have any scars. You want to check? No, I'm joking. Oh, oh, you fucking, you cheeky fella. There. <laughs> There's so he so they're just like lying, right? It's just like it's all bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, yes. I don't. I think it's funny that it's like they're so they're doing a bit. They're like joking, you know, for entertainment or for their own amusement or something. And the way they go with it is like, oh, I'll talk about how I fucked up my dick because yeah. that'll be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, girls are gonna love how fucked up my dick is now. I'm sorry, it's not fucked up actually. It's yeah, it actually it looks fine. It looks okay now. <laughs> my dick is doing okay. And to go to the hospital for having my dick shredded, but it's fine now, you know. Good. Yeah, no, I mean I know I I know I like uh kind of talked a big game with how lacerated the, the dick flesh was, but it's really you can't even tell. <laughs> that dick. is so funny that he had to go back and like correct the story. It's like it's like they didn't know she was gonna ask what kind of injuries. And I'm sure the 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 Jerry Dixon fella who is probably the guitarist, I guess, or drummer, I don't fucking know. Um I'm sure he was like busting balls, right? Like so they sat down with an interview, they're across from the interviewer, they're trying to make it fun. It is much music that they're being interviewed on, which is Canadian MTV. So they should have been taking. What year it. is this? How long this has is... much music been around? Because I had that channel growing up. We we stole satellite. We had we had like illegal satellite. We had, you know how like you used to put a, a card into your satellite r receiver that was under your TV. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had like we had like bootleg cards and shit. So I definitely watched a lot of much music. Yeah, actually the guy I used to buy my opiates off of uh sold those too. Sold those cards too. Actually made a lot more money installing <laughs> illegal uh illegal stuff than than the pills because the pills are so addictive and he was taking them too so <laughs> it's like he made most of his money like you know i'm a cable guy i would bring him a bunch of the equipment and stuff because i got it for free i would trade it to him and then he would have all the stuff and he'd go hook up satellite for other people it was great it was a great little deal for both of us i got yeah, a bunch totally. of pills and he got a bunch of money um here is here is where can they, sorry, can I go to the restroom real quick? Yeah, go for it. The next thing I wanted to play is I think something that that gets us to gets us to where we're trying to get here. Uh this is well, let's just play it out here, see what happens. We're gonna do this interview. First of all, it was gonna be shown on our segment called the Power Hour, which mm -hmm. is an hour of straight metal. And then the bosses, whoever said, no, no, this isn't necessarily a metal band. This should be in our regular programming. Now, how do you feel about that? Do you consider yourselves to be a metal band? We well, cross over. I mean, there's a there's balance <laughs> and there's really heavy stuff on that. <laughs> we're like we're like DRI or corrosion of conformity. You know, we're like a crossover act.
<laughs> yeah, there's balance, you know, there's cherry pie, <laughs> there's heaven, then there's a bunch of songs that sound like something in between those two things on the album. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's the best answer is like, oh, do you consider yourself this thing or this thing? Well, I think, you know, there's like there's like a spectrum that we exist on. You know, it's not binary. It's it's just, you know, there's uh we're we're forward thinking and we believe that we uh we believe that we count as all things. Anything that anybody wants to listen to, like that's kind of what we are, I think. Well, when I first heard this answer, which I'll, I'll let it play out for here a second here. To okay. both worlds, really. And we, we just got done heaven. demoing in Florida. We got done demoing the new about eight songs heavier. for the new records. And that's so you better tell your boss to have us back now. on this show again so when the new stuff we, comes out. I think everybody gets all... Even guys... I mean, there's a lot of guys who are really into thrash, hard rock, which we listen to it, too. I listen to everything from Metallica to Bobby Brown. You know, we have <laughs> a real... We don't, shit, dude. <laughs> He's a maverick. We got ourselves guy. in a... Uh, in a fi- put this guy on the cover of Music Aficionado. <laughs> I love this guy. I love this answer, but I think if butt rock was a thing that people said in the eighties, Warren would have been better served just saying, yeah, we're butt rock, you know, which is not something anybody would say. I wish I fucking wish somebody would. I totally fucking wish. This is what I was going to say. Uh, um, last last episode when we were trying to like you know intro uh the show and like try and maybe set up um i don't know what what we are aiming for with butt rock or whatever it's like it's hard because bands won't admit to being butt rock and i i wish uh that bands would do th- the thing that like man is the bastard did <laughs> on uh which uh where they just shouted out like all the West Coast power violence bands. They were like, West Coast power violence crossed out. Man is the bastard. Like, I wish, <laughs> I wish like Creed would say, like, uh, West or like American butt rock warrant, Creed, three doors down, Papa Roach, but just the new stuff. <laughs> breaking benjamin nickelback we're all together it's because they you know i think it's probably pretty hard to feel respected for these guys right like is that that's definitely the issue is they feel disrespected by the term but it's not like a term that is supposed to be disrespected is initially meant it but they should take it on as like their thing, you know, because these bands, you know, this is, I wanted to bring this up and this is, this is something that that warrant clip was designed to sort of get me into, but like, what is the bonus for a band like warrant for a band, like some of the later heavier bands that we're going to talk about? What is the point in saying you're heavy metal? It, all it does is hurt. It's just it, you know, it doesn't, yeah, I don't, it's, it's fun. Like I, you know, going back to stepdad rock, like when I was growing up, like my stepdad, who I use for a lot of like what my idea of a stepdad is, um, is like, 
you know i'm saying like oh you know like like he's he's i'm like fucking 15 or 16 and i'm like into metal you know he's like oh you like metal you know so like pink floyd oh my god like led zeppelin you know stuff like that and i'm like that's not even metal for that time period (laughs) 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 that is true though that i mean when when you say metal do you mean m-e-d-d-l-e the name of that pink floyd album is like is that what you think metal is (laughs) i i do wonder like if maybe the definition the the word metal just it doesn't obviously none of these genre names mean anything right now but uh i think that like i don't know a band like warrant they obviously wanted to be considered heavy metal they went out and they dressed like all the guys that were being called heavy metal and they played music that sounded like all the guys who said they were playing heavy metal. But see in that vein, warrant isn't any different than Motley Crue because neither of those bands were heavy metal, but they were both called heavy metal. Like heavy metal in that era is like iron maiden. Yeah. I guess you have a good point there. I I think Motley Crue is a little heavy. Well, no, they're not. I I got it. They're hard. They're hard rock. I'll, I'll grant them. you that they're hard rock. Okay, they're not. They're not heavy metal by any means. And and so of course, Warrant. When everybody's calling Motley Crue heavy metal, like of course, Warrant's not going to be like, oh no, we're actually more pussy than Motley Crue. <laughs> that would you know? If they did that, that's another thing. Why can't they do that? Why can't they be like, hey? You know, we're just not as badass as Motley Crue. You know? <laughs> not everybody can be badass, all right? There's other niches to fill. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind way behind and willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man picking a guitar and playing it hot, the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, boy, let me tell you what. Well, I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a guitar player too. And if you care to take this dare, I'll make a bet with you. You're a pretty damn good strummer, boy, but give the devil his due. I'll bet a guitar of gold against your soul that says I'm better than you. But the boy said, my name's Johnny, and it might be a sin. But I'll take your bet, you're gonna regret I'm the best that's ever been.
devil finished Johnny said, well you're pretty good old son Well sit your old ass in that chair right there And let me show you how the fuck it's done Ever been. <laughs> 